Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hey, Clone Wars fans, welcome back to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. This is episode number 76 for the episode Shadow Warrior. My name is Matt Crinky. I'm your co-host. And joining me from the great white north, the MC, Michael Cohen. What's up, Mike? Uh, so who was the Shadow Warrior? Yeah, like, you know what? There's... <laughs> I mean, we're going to get to that later in the mailbag. But there is a mailbag, I said yeah. to open with that, like, worst episode title ever particularly for such a good episode it made yeah. no sense to me i don't know i don't know who the shadow warrior is there's been a lot of talk not talk but you know, like you said in our mailbag it talks about that and everybody was kind of yeah. asking you know well what the heck is it who is it you know um i don't know i guess maybe we'll try to figure it out when we break down this episode um <laughs> so let's hit the news let's jump into this right away totally ready? all right Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> All right, so the first thing in the news today, we're talking about uh, C6, Mike, and I know it's a year away, but um, last celebration, and you could probably talk on this more, they did the, um, uh, it wasn't called, this year, or in C6, it's going to be called the As You Wish Charity Project. And they're going to be taking the uh, helmets, um, the Boba Fett, it looks like, and what's the other one? Uh, the Trooper helmet, Clone Trooper. And they're yeah. going to have artists do their, kind of put their spin on it and sell it for a good cause. Uh, they use, What did they use at Celebration 5? It was uh, just, was it? Storm? It was just a stormtrooper, storm yeah. It, I think okay. it was the TK project or something. TK like. project, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing actually. When you get in there and you get to see the actual, uh, the actual helmets themselves, like the, the pictures online never do them justice. You yeah, gotta yeah. get in there and see it for yourself. That's what I thought too, because some of these things they showed a, a couple of them again, and like man, the detail on on some of these and. Uh, it looks like they're going to – obviously it was a, a success because uh, they're doing it again. Uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, I guess they may – it looks like it says here $65,000 uh, for Celebration 5. So that's 
that's a pretty good chunk of cash for Make-A-Wish, so that's cool. Um, yeah. It looks like they're going to do 50 again. Uh, like I said, they're going to be using Boba Fett, and, and that'll be interesting to see how what they can do with Boba Fett. Um, because they did Stormtroopers, and they got Clone Troopers again here in, on, on this Celebration 6. So uh, taking a little spin here with Boba Fett, and see, it's going to be fun to see what they can uh, do with that. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, information and stuff coming out as we get closer to Celebration 6. But that is what's going on um, for some of the news as far as C6 is going on. Mm-hmm. Now, um, our next bit of news, this should be interesting. I, I'm curious to see what you think of this. Star Wars Wampa Sneakers. Mm-hmm. Go for it, Mike. What do you think? What's up with this? Uh, actually, I've seen I've seen a pair of these at the... Oh, you uh, have? Yeah. Um, uh, at the, the Adidas Original shop in Vancouver, because we have one downtown. They're not, like, the, the Adidas Original stores are actually pretty hard to find. But because uh, there's only uh, there's only a handful of them in North America, but we managed to have one right here in Vancouver, luckily. So, um, so I mean, like I every time I'm downtown, pretty much I pop in there to take a look. I almost bought a pair of the the Hoth ones, the 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 Hoth Skywalkers, oh, which yeah. are essentially the same as the original Skywalkers, the uh, the orange ones. Only they're they're like the tan, like like Luke's Hoth gear. Um, I almost bought a pair, but they didn't have them in my size, so oh, uh, so I decided not to. But uh, but the Wampa ones, they're it, they're they're very interesting. Now, this is actually what I thought that the Chewbacca ones would be like, and I, I they did Chewbacca ones uh, last year, or I guess earlier in 2011, that were more of a hiking boot. Okay, yeah, and they were kind of like a suede with fur lining the inside. Um, but I was expecting, uh, the, the Wookiee Chewbacca shoes to be like this, to be sort of covered in, in, uh, hair or something, yeah. uh, or fur. Like this says that it's uh, covered in fine white hair from ponies. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Which is interesting. Yeah. Now, so you got to actually see them. I mean, what did it feel yeah. like? I mean, was it actually feel like, I guess, pony hair? I mean, is that, it's, yeah, it's just, it's really fine. Uh, white hair. I didn't even realize that it was real. Like it, you would think that it was synthetic or something like that. But okay. That's um, yeah, it, it's just like a really fine hair. It's it. It doesn't. I don't know. Um, I don't really have anything to equate it to. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's they're just furry. <laughs> it's just. That's just funny. I mean, they're coming out with just some crazy. I mean, this was. I saw this and I started laughing. I go, Are you serious? I mean, they don't actually look that bad. I'm just wondering in person what they look like. You know, because it's. <laughs> From a picture, you're like, oh yeah, they look okay, but uh, man, they're coming out with some crazy designs here. Uh, these will set you back uh, roughly 150 bucks. Yeah. So you got to like Wampas and the whole nine, you know, all that, quite a bit to shell out 150 bucks for these. But hey, for Star Wars, sometimes we we throw down the extra bucks. Sometimes it's there like, are there are much better sneakers to choose from when it comes to the Star Wars Adidas line. Yeah. Uh, than these Wampa ones, in my opinion. Now you still have uh, you you got two pairs, right? Two different pairs. Yeah. You have the you have the Skywalkers, right? I have the Skywalkers, and then I have the um. They're just like the 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 basic shoe, like they're just like a basic shell toe, okay. with uh, sort of like a Star Wars print, like it just says Star Wars, kind of repeated on it in a pattern. Mm-hmm. That's really subtle. That like until you look at them, you don't really see it. 
Yeah. Okay. So those are the two that I have so far. I almost bought the Boba Fett ones a while back, but I tried them on and they just they didn't look like they would go with anything at all because <laughs> they're just like there's so many colors and stuff. Um, that was when the Chewbacca's came out, and I I wanted to get the Chewbacca's, but they um they're like a hiking boot, but it's like it's suede, so you're not gonna wear it, you know, in bad weather. Mm-hmm. And in Vancouver, and they're like a, they're like a, a really warm, furry high top because they were like fur lined on the inside. Um, and uh, in Vancouver, it rains a lot, so you're oh, not gonna yeah. wear a shoe like that outside. Like I very rarely wear my Skywalkers; they get worn maybe two, three times a year. Um, oh, you actually do wear them, okay? I yeah, that's just because like I don't want them to get wrecked. Like I want them to to last a really long time. So mm-hmm. nice. So the Boba Fett ones, I guess you would uh, have the fashion police after you trying to figure out something to wear with those. Is it all? They're all like green, I'm, I'm sure, and, and uh, yeah, they're like yellows and stuff. With like with like rust coloring on them and stuff, <laughs> and some yeah. gray. They were they, they're a really cool looking shoe, but they just don't work with yeah clothing okay. in reality. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, check out the Wampa sneakers if you uh, if you're into that kind of thing over at uh, the Adidas store. Uh, last thing we got uh, Star or Star Wars sale this week at Toys R Us. So Toys R Us, like they often do, uh, they got some pretty good sales going on. They continue their two for twelve ninety nine sale on all Star Wars figures, as well as adding a ten percent discount on the vintage Y wing, and fifty percent off all Star Wars spy toys. Now the the figures it also includes the uh, vintage. So I know a lot of people love the vintage. So two vintage for twelve ninety nine. That's that's tough to beat. You can't beat that. So uh, you got to go check. Hopefully they have something there though. The problem with my area is they never have anything. Um, oh, so, the the Toys R Us in uh, in uh, Vancouver. All all of them that I've been to recently, we have a few are uh, just like full. Like they are chock full oh, are of they? Star okay. Wars stuff right now. Mm-hmm. I think because of the Blu Ray release, but like oh, they yeah. just have they have so much stuff right now. It's awesome. Yeah, well, that's. Great. I just yeah. bought. I just bought actually because they they had them on clearance, no less. But the the Boba Fett helmet, the voice changer. Yeah. I just bought one because they were they're twenty bucks in Canada now. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So well, yeah, that's um, you know, if you spend thirty dollars or more, uh, you get a special Operation Clone Trooper that's Commander Blackout. So you get a figure for free if you spend thirty bucks. So, um, actually, that's a pretty good set of uh, sales and, and uh, incentives for Toys R Us. It's pretty good stuff. So check that out. I believe that goes through the rest of this week as well. Uh, you know, there's one more thing I didn't put on here, Mike, but I wanted to mention too. And I had no idea this was uh, scheduled for release in October 18th. It's the Complete Vader, and they talked about this two years ago. Yes. I remember this, man. I remember it because, you know, I'm a big, obviously, Vader fan, my favorite character. And I was pumped about this book years ago and then they had some kind of snafu with printing or something like that and a few of the books got got put out there and uh, you were able to purchase but they got pulled very quick but it looks like it is on for october 18th so i'm really looking forward to uh getting that complete vader book uh that was the last uh last thing i had though i want to mention that i don't know if anybody else out there is a vader fan or wanted that book uh, it kind of snuck up on me this date. I didn't even notice it till a few days ago. So be on the lookout for the Complete Vader October 18th. Uh, what else we got, Mike? Is there anything else going on? 
No, you know what? I, 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 I jumped online, been looking around for Star Wars news today, and it's just... I don't know, I guess the Blu-rays came out, and, and it's another it's one of those press. quiet periods, right? Like, we're yeah. just kind of waiting for whatever the next thing is. And it's weird. It's like, um, I can recall in years past, the Force.net being, like, just buzzing with Star Wars news all the time. And obviously we had movies coming out and, you know, yeah. celebrations and um, lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff coming out from Hasbro. Um, and it just seems like now, I don't know, like we see all of the news for the toys in, at two times at at toy fair in like February, March, and then in, uh, in July at Mm Comic-Con and then we don't really see anything else. And, and uh, cause like everything gets announced at that point. And then, you know, like we've just got the clone wars airing every week. And so really you go over to the force.net and there's not a ton of news news, the, the, the stuff that we just covered, right? You know, sales at Toys R Us. Yeah, basic stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, like, obviously, the, the C6 uh, helmet project is, is news. But but for the most part, it's just like, here are the podcasts that we have coming out. You know, and it's it's kind of the same for us, right? Like, we just kind of post, mm-hmm. yeah, here's, this is what next week's episode, or this week's episode is. Check out the preview video and... And then the new episode of Frontlines comes out, and that's really yeah. all that's going on. So, yeah, kind of slow. Uh, like you said, the Blu-rays. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the Blu-rays uh, later on in the show too. Uh, that's taking up all pretty much the, the yeah. news right now. So everybody's going, spending days and days going through all that stuff. But uh, you know, also this weekend, uh, Fan Days is coming up Friday or Saturday, Sunday. And, yeah, uh, I'll be out there. So if anybody's out there that listens to this show, um, look me up and come and say hi and. Uh, Hopefully we can meet up. We got a big meetup planned. So um, are there T-shirts left? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You should. You should. Uh, you should pack some of those I, out there for anybody who actually, might. Actually, I will do that. I will. I will pack some shirts and and take them with me. And uh, yeah, just look me up on, I guess Twitter or something. That's probably the easiest thing. Um, I think. I think. I. I. I Sarlacc Pit podcast and uh, and some of the other podcasts and that sort of thing we're planning like a meetup so yeah we are, we are yeah okay yeah so that might be be the best way for people yeah we'll meet be meeting at uh friday night you know around six o'clock or so out by the pool and uh stephen stanton's going to be there uh from the clone wars obviously rick fitz big uh actor who's been in tons of he plays a lot of bit parts and lots of shows and and just a bunch of other listeners of this show and the starlight pit we're all going to kind of get together for a couple hours. We got a few prizes to give away as well. So if you're around the hotel around six o'clock, the, the uh, main hotel, the host hotel, which is the Holiday Inn Express, come on down to the pool area and say hi. So, um, but uh, that's going to be this weekend. So I'm looking forward to uh, fan days. Good, good stuff coming up. I haven't been to like a really serious Star Wars, all Star Wars convention. I've never been to a celebration and I haven't been to a fan day. So this will be like my, uh, initiation right here fan days mm-hmm. and hopefully i can spring that into celebration six next year looking forward to that so uh, i think that's going to do it though you ready to kick off this uh episode shadow warriors yeah all right let's do it a disturbance in the force period is it possible to learn this power they like me believe him to be the chosen one times i sense there's something here 
has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi Finn. Welcome to Death Watch. No! Alrighty, I will start it off here. Rumors that the Gungans plan to aid the Separatists in an attack on Theed for Senator Padme Amidala home, accompanied by General, Jedi General Anakin Skywalker. Arriving on Naboo, Anakin and Padme meet Jar Jar Binks aboard a bongo submarine at the lake. Jar Jar confirms that Boss Leone has been calling for a Gungan march on Theed. Recently, Leone has been uh, giving fiery speeches blaming the Naboo for the Gungans' problems. And, uh, you know, I have to say, this was kind of cool because we were back to Naboo. Uh, it's got, it had, like, a great episode one feel to it, right? You know, it had the bongo sub. It had, yeah. um, uh, did you notice the uh, musical cues from uh, the episode one, that, particularly the Gungan area? I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the only thing I was wondering was, where's Boss Nass? But apparently, you know, just like all, you know, we've seen how many senators now um, since episode one for, for Naboo. Uh, you know, last week we said the same thing. Well, where's, where's Boss Nass at? It's kind of be cool to see him back. But just like, uh, like I said, with the Naboo senators, it looks like the Gungans are the same way. Every every few years they'll they'll uh, revote somebody in. So I guess we'll never know what happened to Boss Nass. I guess not. It's <laughs> odd because he's because uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but or the week before. But uh, we do see Boss Nass. In Revenge of the Sith, he's he's walking there with Jar Jar and the the procession at uh, Padme's funeral. Oh, so that's right. You're right. I don't know if he's actually still the boss at that point, but but and, and who knows what boss means, right? Like, does yeah. that mean like does is Boss Nass the head? Because like his name's not actually Boss Nass. Like, boss is a title, right? But mm. like, are the bosses? Is there more than one boss? Like, I don't know. It's very unclear as to what the hierarchy is there true, with the Gungans. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and doesn't he have the headdress and everything um, in Episode 3 now that I'm thinking about it? He, he as, as far as I recall, he does. And I yeah. think I, I remember looking at this um, like while we were doing one of the other ones. Uh, his 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 full name is Rugor Nass. That's his actual name. Oh, okay. Like he's got the the hat, the funny hat. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he and he's wearing it in Revenge of the Sith as well. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Weird. Maybe he gets reelected. Yeah, that's that's a continuity thing. That maybe uh, shoot. That's I guess that is easy to to overcome. Like you said, he just reelected or something. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Uh, uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, in the underwater city of Odagunga, Boss Leone speaks to the assembled officers of the Gungan Grand Army. 
Leone demands that the Gungans take back their world from the overbearing Naboo. When the Gungan soldiers leave, Padme and Anakin speak with the boss. Leone won't listen to Padme's request to call off his warriors. Though Leone claims he speaks from enlightenment, he behaves as if he's under some sort of spell. Anakin recognizes something odd about Leone's necklace and uses the force to pull it off the Gungan's neck and crushes it in his hand. Leone comes to his senses and reveals the necklace was given to him by Minister Rishi Lu, a Gungan rumored to know ancient mystical power. So that's interesting here too is, well, first of all, we get introduced to Captain Tarple. So he's back, a familiar face. He is actually now a general, Mike. He's uh, yeah. He's been promoted from captain. Now he's a general. So that was kind of neat to see him. Uh, like I said, nice to see these uh, older characters return. But uh, Boss Lowy, what was the spell, man? Did you did you? Get, at first, I thought it was some kind of a force thing, uh, but it but it's not. So it's almost like a, you know, like we saw the the the, uh, the witches uh, back in last season doing their spells. Yeah, maybe some kind of the same type of a thing here with this necklace. Yeah, I think so. It was just kind of like an, this enchanted necklace, and and uh, Reese Lu could con- essentially control Leone through this necklace. And and he's actually able to do that. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute because he's actually able to do that um, when the necklace is on him on himself. It seems like, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, in his private offices, Richelieu contacts Count Dooku and reports on his progress of creating turmoil on Naboo. Lu is paving the way for a separatist invasion of the planet, in return for a place of power in Dooku's new order. Bossalioni confronts Minister Lu, demanding an explanation and declaring himself free of Lu's mind powers. But Minister Lu carries his own mind-altering necklace. He activates it, once again casting the boss under his spell. And first of all, this meeting with Count Dooku. And I can remember myself saying this, what, the last couple episodes. This is, this is Dooku doing, he does this, like, does he do this on every world, Mike? He goes to these worlds and he and he finds somebody that he can manipulate. Okay, you know he's promising him some type of place of power, and he's doing this. We saw it under and Mon Calamari. Now he's doing it here on Naboo. The same thing. Uh, this is his this is his mo right here, Mike. He's just yeah finding people to put under his little spell. You know, sort of promising them whatever it is they want. And then ultimately he's going to turn it around on him and, and do what every good Sith does and get rid of him. But that, I thought that was a little interesting. Um, you know, you know, same things going on from episode to episode with Count Dooku. Uh, and, you know, like I said, my, the necklace thing looks like he's able to control it when the necklace is on himself. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was the same necklace or a different necklace. I think, I, I think, well, he was wearing the same necklace that Leone had on and Leone was wearing that necklace in the previous episode as well. Okay. Um, okay. And then when Jar Jar shows up later on in boss Leone's gear, not to, not to give away the story, but I, <laughs> when he shows, hopefully you've already watched the episode. If not, I don't know why you listen to us <laughs> without watching the episode first. I you gotta mean, watch it come first. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, he has the necklace on again, but I don't. It's not. 
I don't think that it's necessarily the necklace. I think it was the stone in the necklace mm-hmm. because Richelieu was sort of. Uh, it was a stone, I think. Yeah, you're right. He was yeah. sort of like like uh, almost like polishing that stone with his fingers, and when he was, he you could tell he had control over Boss Leone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'll continue. Anakin senses a disturbance in the Force and comes rushing into Richelieu's office. At the minister's orders, commando droids drop from the ceiling. Anakin and Padme hold off the droid attackers while Leone grapples with Richelieu. Lou pulls out a knife and stabs the Gungan boss. With the commando droids distracting Padme and Anakin, Lou runs out of the room, shoving his way into a submarine docking bay and stealing a bongo. Anakin arrives too late, and the treacherous minister departs the city. Uh, you know, I just got completely distracted, and I'm going to bring this up so that I can clear this up for everybody out there. Because often when we're in the middle of an episode and we're discussing stuff, so that I'm not talking, you know, by sort of off the top of my head, I, I have Wikipedia open. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're just, you know, we're talking a lot about Gungans, and I just opened up the page for for uh, for for Leone for Boss Leone and uh, and it says Leone was an Otola Gungan who served as the boss of Oda Gunga during the Clone Wars. Ah. Now I I didn't know what an Otola Gungan was, so I I clicked on that link and it says the Otola lineage of Gungans was the race that Jar Jar Binks and then a bunch of other ones are, and it's the majority of the species. Uh, they have the the long ears and eyes on extendable and retractable stalks, and then uh, then these there's the Ankura Gungans, of which Boss Nass is one, who have uh, like hooded eyes, like they, their eyes have sort of the the mm. brow that comes over it, mm. and uh, and then they have a wider heads and green skin, I guess. Um, so oh. I did not know that. I don't know trying to that. figure out the sources here uh i guess it must be from it looks like it's probably from the secrets of naboo book like oh. either that or the, the complete encyclopedia mm-hmm. i would bet anything it's from the complete encyclopedia yeah that, that it's got this broken down but that's uh that's for those who were wondering what the deal is with boss nass and why he looks different actually i was listening to the force cast last week and uh and uh jason swank was all like i don't get it how come boss nass looks totally different and uh there's his answer there's a, yeah I, I don't know that he listens to us but there if he is. does there's there's your answer <laughs> <laughs> now now what species is reach Lou? because he's got that like that weird bill right yeah, like, he's yeah. really flat and then it's got like those weird almost like square ridges off of it yeah I wonder if he's a new if he's a new subspecies of Gungans. That's like a new race of Gungans. What's funny too is he had uh, he had almost that uh, the uh, the motorcycle not the motorcycle the handlebar mustache. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. It's almost what it looked like. You know, all he was missing was like twirling his mustache and his fingers. You know, um, but that was a, a little different too. Yeah, so it looks like we got different. Um, I don't know what species is the right word, but yeah, I, th- I think just like different races, just races, like, yeah, know, yeah, well, exactly. Caucasian people and yeah, right, Asian people and Africans and all that yeah. sort of thing. So it's just it's it's nice to actually see that in a in a sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, you know, the other thing that I noticed with Rich Flew that I just wanted to comment on that would make me think that he is, uh, he's, he's at least from a different region because everybody in Otagunga has a very specific accent, but Rich Lou has almost like a Southern Bayou accent. True. Yeah. And, uh, it was one of the first things that I noticed about the character other than obviously the visual stuff the voice, yeah. was that he spoke and I was like, huh, that's interesting. He's got a very different accent from Jar Jar. Boss Nass and uh, Captain Tarples, mm-hmm. um, right. or General Tarples as it is now. Um, yeah, yeah. So I thought, like, that's interesting, and he looks different, and he's like, Tarples is a little bit purple, but Rich Lou is very purple. So he, I, I would just think like he comes from a different region of the planet, and so he has a different accent. And I, I just like it when a sci-fi series can get that that in depth without bothering to stop and like explain to you. Yeah. It's like you can figure it out. Yeah. It just is because that's very, uh, it's realistic to me. It's much more realistic than every example of a species being exactly the same and completely identical. Like you would see in something like star Trek Mm -hmm. where all of the, every member of the species has the exact same, you know, head markings and this and that. And when, when they, delineate from that you get star trek fans who get really upset about it like they get really <laughs> mad they're like well yeah. that's not what a ferengi head crest looks like uh excuse me and you're like um well that guy's different from the other guy from before you know like plus it's just a tv show so relax <laughs> like when you and i mean i'm not dogging on star trek because oh, i like star trek. Yeah. but i'm dogging on those fans because we have some of those fans in the star wars community as well less but there are some. And it's like, I mean, we hear about it in the Clone Wars with oh, that first time that we saw a Trandoshan, right? In, uh, in, uh, oh, uh, that was in season two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. No, season one. Got knocked? And uh, uh, yeah, when R2 gets captured mm-hmm. uh, by Gonact. And uh, he's a, he was a very different looking Trandoshan. And then we see Trandoshans at the end of season three, and it's like, well, they're all very different looking, like very different looking. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that. I really like that because it means, you know, that there's some thought put into it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of creativity. It's not just like, well, they all look exactly the same, only this one's slightly different colored. I mean, if you look at episode one and the, the scenes with all of the Gungans, they all look different. Like, they all have slightly different faces mm-hmm. and different colorations and that sort of thing. And there are ones that look kind of similar to Jar Jar, and there are ones that look more, much more serious than Jar Jar, like the, the soldiers and stuff. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I, just, I just really like that sort of thing. No, that's a good point that they, uh, they're able to do that. And it's kind of like you said, it's up to uh, – they don't have to explain it, you know. It's just yeah. like that's, – that's the way to do it. No, it's uh, subtle, subtle little hints that, like, yeah. oh. You know, like, uh, that, that Rich Lou is from a different region of this planet, and maybe that's why we hadn't seen him up until now, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. is, that, is that he was from, he's from an, a different Gungan city, and he's come recently to Otagunga, and that's why, like, in the last episode, we didn't know anything about this uprising of the Gungans, and now all of a sudden, it's happening, so. Yeah, yeah, good points, good points. Uh, I'll continue here. Boss Leone is rushed to a medical bubble. Uh, bandages stop the bleeding, but he remains unconscious. He never had time to call off the invasion, and the Gungans are still poised to march on Thede. 
When Jar Jar absentmindedly puts on Boss Leone's headdress, Anakin and Padme notice for the first time that Jar Jar bears a strong resemblance to the Gungan leader. Anakin tells Jar Jar to take the boss's place and convince the army to stand down. How is he? The bandages have stopped the bleeding, but he's unconscious. The Gungans are still gathered and poised to march on Thebes. Boss Leone never got a chance to call off the invasion. And it's almost dusk. Jar Jar, you're a senator. You have to tell them to stand down. They'll listen to you. These are Gungans are proud. With this mood at the moment, these are the last person they listen to now. <laughs> I don't believe it. The resemblance is remarkable. Uh, who's I resemble what's I? You. You look just like Boss Leone. I didn't realize it until you put the crown on. This gives me an idea. Jar Jar, you must put on Leone's robes and keep that crown on. Oh, no, no. Misa can't do that. You have to if we're going to convince the Gungan army to stand down. But they will never listen to Misa. Maybe not. But they will listen to Boss Leone. But Misa, I don't look alike. And you know what I forgot to mention, too? It just happened here is... Uh... The stabbing of Boss Leone, that was, you know, we saw some stuff going on in, in last uh, last week's cliffhanger mm -hmm. um, with the stabbing and uh, the Jaws reference and all that. And now this this is like the first of what, how many impalements we have in this episode? Three yeah. or four? Um, so, yeah, man, they're just ramping it up. And and uh, we have a, an audio email we'll play later from uh, Jason Boyd-Hunt, and he's, he talks about the same stuff, so... The um, the cartoon violence is really amped up in this episode. But uh, what do you think of this um, the, this plan here of uh, dressing up Jar Jar? You know, it's funny. You know, what's funny too is they talked about we have it on our Clone Wars podcast page, uh, the Frontlines group. I think it was Kyle was talking about. Man, this is like the third episode with Jar Jar, and they're all pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no. I I got no problem with yeah. Jar Jar. Like he doesn't. He. I don't know. They just found the exact right balance for the character of silliness. And I mean, we'll get to it because there are some moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I laughed harder than I have ever laughed at this character. And yeah. genuinely and completely sincerely. Not like, it because was, you know, yeah. I just want to love the character. But because what he was doing was was really hilarious. So. Yeah. They've just found this perfect balance with the character. It's it's not episode one where he was sort of ever present and always obnoxious. Right. And it wasn't episode two and three where he's just in the background and really doesn't contribute at all, with the exception of a line here and there. You know, I mean, in episode three, I don't even think he ever says anything. Mm -hmm. To my recollection, he's just there. No, I don't think he does. In, a, in a couple of scenes, right? Um mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 really interesting how well they've managed to to sort of redeem this character to a point where <laughs> yeah. now we can be like, yeah, whatever. Jar Jar's in an episode; it's not a big deal. Like yeah. he's just another one of the characters. You know that there's going to be a funny moment or two, but I mean, even in in the last two, uh, in Water War and Prisoners, uh, or sorry, Gungans attack and Prisoners, he wasn't actually all that silly. Um, no, he had, he had the moment where he, where he spits his goo in prisoners, but, uh, I, like, it wasn't really funny. It was just kind of humorous. Like it was just a little bit yeah, clever. And in, uh, in Gung's attack, he's not, he's not that funny at all. He just really shows up 
talks like Jar Jar for a second, which I guess some people would, couldn't uh, consider silly, but he's just there, right? Like he doesn't really do all that much. Um, he has a couple of good lines, but but other than that, like he doesn't really do anything. So um, I don't know. They just they managed to to figure out the character, and I really like that. Yeah, that's, they really did. And I I wonder you're talking about that funny moment. I wonder if it's the same thing I'm thinking, but we'll we'll get to it in a second. Uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. Your turn. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to also say I love his line because it's along the lines of what we were just talking about before before we talked about this scene. Um, he says we don't all look alike, like, and <laughs> yeah. it's almost like a like a like yeah. like calling them out for being racist. racist it's like yeah, look, yeah. look, we don't all look the same. Like don't <laughs> don't don't pull yeah. that. You know, like oh yeah, okay, so that one's purple and that one's orange, but you know, like we yeah. don't all look the same. Um, <laughs> which I thought was really funny because he just just kind of it's really subtle and sort of at the end of it, and they don't even acknowledge it. But yeah. That's uh, funny. Okay, uh, at the swamp surface, Richelieu get, rallies the Gungan army, breaking the tragic news of Boss Leone's death. Lou urges them to carry out Leone's dying command to join with the Separatist army in a march on Theed. After some convincing from Anakin, Jar Jar, disguised in the boss's robes, appears before the army. The Gungan soldiers are shocked to see Boss Leone still alive. As Leone, Jar Jar addresses the troops. He cancels the attack calling it a terrible mistake, and blames Richelieu for misinforming the Gungans. With the tables turned on him, uh, turned against him, Richelieu flees. Jumping onto a waiting speeder bike, uh, Anakin, cha- uh, sorry, Anakin chases after him on a swift-footed Kadu. Now, okay, does it bother anybody else that the speeder bike has Separatist markings on it? Like it has Confederacy markings on it. Nobody really? else figured this out. Yeah, it's got the the that sort of like spider web shape, that that octagon with the lines on it, like while the lines converging in the center, and that's the 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 logo for the Confederacy, like the oh, same as the yeah. as the the Imperial Cog or the Republic Cog, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's right it's now. right there on the speeder, and I was kind of like. Nobody noticed this, and I guess like maybe maybe the Gungans don't particularly care because they're not really involved in the war right now. But I don't know. I would think that that somebody would notice, like, oh, somebody's working with the Separatists here. Although, like, maybe they knew that that he was working with the Separatists because this is clearly part of his plan, right? Because because General Grievous was showing up, right? And it's right. not like they attacked or were surprised by it. He was just there. That was a, that's a that's a good eye right there. I I just went back and and checked it out, and you're right. That's picking that's uh, eagle eyes there, Mike. Nice nice pickup on that one. Uh, and you know what's funny too is the caddies. Did you know they could swim? I didn't know that. There's some stuff in one of the concepts uh, concept books, like and in the concept art uh-huh. of of caddies swimming underground underwater. So okay, so yeah, yeah, I mean, like I kind of I mean, ever if it's a gungan steed then i would yeah. imagine it would go into water True, yeah definitely yeah these things are fast in the water and outside the water because it can keep up with a uh speeder fairly well uh separatist landing ships set down on the naboo plains general grievous's invasion uh, invasion force has arrived and he demands to speak to boss leone about the canceled attack jar jar agrees to meet with grievous aboard his landing ship with general tarples at his side 
Grievous is angered by Bossolini's sudden change in plans. The cyborg general intends to attack the Naboo with or without the help of the Gungan Grand Army. Jar Jar gives General Tarpos a secret signal, and Tarpos excuses himself from the meeting. And this is, I'm guessing this is where, this is the comedy thing, and I talked about this yes, or not yesterday, last week when I played the audio clip, and I said there's a neat little scene here with Jar Jar where it's real subtle, and it's one of those, you know, classic comedy bits um, with the chair. And is that the same thing you're talking about? Yeah, is, yeah okay. it's the bit with the chair. with it, Because like, he sits down, and you see him, like, he sits, and then you see him, like, Grievous is in the middle of one of his general Grievous I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. the meanest guy in the galaxy speeches. And, like, I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, beat some people up whether you like it or not. And Jar Jar is just, like, he's, like, turning away, not even really listening all that much. Right, right. And just, like, looking at the back of his chair, and you're like, what's he doing? And then it, it cuts to Grievous, and it cuts back to Jar Jar. And, and, the, and the chair goes up. And then the chair goes down. And then the chair goes back up a little tiny bit, and then, and then down a little bit. And then up a little bit more, and then down all the way, and then back up, and you're like, it's just, it's, it is a like it's an old comedy bit, right? But, and you don't think about the chairs in Star Wars having <laughs> yeah. seat adjustments, but yeah. I mean, if we have seat adjustments on our chairs, they must on theirs, right? Um, plus, every chair in Star Wars just looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, except yeah, for Yoda's yeah. beanbag chair at the in the in the Jedi Council chamber, but. Um, yeah, really. Uh, but like, it, it's just, it's, it is, it's classic comedy. And I just, I, like, I lost it. It was so funny. Just the juxtaposition. Cause we've always seen, we always see Grievous in such a serious light and he's always, you know, this, I, I will destroy everything. And he's, he's so evil and, and, uh, you know, just, just seriously, he takes himself too seriously, I think, because right. nobody else takes him nearly that seriously, but he thinks that he's all scary and menacing with his skull mask and all that sort of thing. But here's Jar Jar, like, he should be scared for his life, but he should, he's more yeah. concerned with, with how the chair is sitting. <laughs> and it was, it was just, like you said, it was just, it worked so good. And, and even for me, I, I had to laugh because it was, it was hilarious, you know, and he's, and like you said, it was it was you got Grievous here, and and exactly like you said, it's it's uh, Jar Jar. He doesn't even care. It's Grievous. You know, he's he's more worried about this, this stinking chair and getting it right because you know that's his persona. He's trying to be uh, regal or whatever. But just oh man, that's probably the funniest uh, scene with Jar Jar so far. I mean, in talking movies and everything, uh, was that right there? They just nailed that. That was perfect. A lot of people were talking about that too online. How that was just that was a hilarious scene, an excellent, excellent uh, scene with a uh, Grievous and Jar Jar with a chair. Good stuff. Uh, General Tarples leaves the Separatist ship and contacts Senator Amidala. He informs her that Grievous is on Naboo and that Anakin is off chasing Richelieu. Padme orders Tarples to find a way to disable the droid army and capture Grievous. No longer able to stall Grievous, Jar Jar leaves the landing ship in a hurry. The angry general charges out after him, only to find that his battle droids have been deactivated by the Gungan army. General Tarples and his troops stand ready to attack. Grievous scoffs at the Gungans, he ignites his lightsabers, and goads his enemies into battle. Attacked from all sides by electropoles and boomers, 
Grievous still manages to hold his own and take down several Gungan soldiers. When a boomer knocks out one of his uh, lightsabers out of his hand, Grievous picks up a spear from a fallen opponent. General Tarples closes in on Grievous, armed with an electropole. Grievous impales Tarples with his spear, but with his dying breath, Tarples jams his own weapon right through Grievous's metal shell. Inspired by Tarples' sacrifice, the other Gungans throw boomers at the wounded cyborg general and use their spears to pin him to the ground. They drag him away as their prisoner. Misa suggest you surrender. <laughs> you can't be serious. Captain Tarples sacrifices himself. What a crazy scene that was, huh? It, it kills me, dude. Even just listening yeah. back, like I, I posted it when I, I, Kyle sort of posted up a thing, or maybe I posted up a thing saying, "Well, you know, how do you feel?" No, in the group, uh, Kyle posted something, and then I responded to it, and I was just like, single tear, you know, like it. Yeah, I seriously yeah. got a little bit choked up on that line when, like, he gets stabbed, and you're kind of like. I can't believe that they just did that, that they just killed Tarples. He's like, he's like one of three Gungans that we know by name right, from yeah. the movies and, and they just killed him. And, uh, and then he has that great line where he, where Grievous goes in, in all of Grievous's complete and utter over the top lameness. Like this is why Grievous to me, isn't as cool as any of the other villains mm-hmm. just goes, how does it feel to die? That's and good, yeah. which is just like such a kind of weak line. And he's not that good of a bad guy when that's, that's his big comeback, you know, on killing yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, but Tarples just has it, you know, in the barrel waiting for him and he goes, not die sacrifice. And then, that's you know, the like yeah. it's just the delivery of it, the writing of it like that. This is, this is one of my top five episodes because of that moment. Like wow, this, yeah, yeah. this launches itself up there because of that moment. Like everything else up until this point was uh, somewhat entertaining and a fairly good episode of of the Clone Wars. And then you get this battle between the two of them. You get get General Tarples doing his thing, holding off Grievous for quite a while. Yeah, and oh, then. Yeah. And then he dies, and he and he does. He makes the sacrifice. He has that great line, and then they capture Grievous. Yeah, was that they crazy? They defeat or what? Grievous and capture him, and you're just like, holy crap! Like these these characters that everybody has been 
riffing on for the last <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Like, all, like it's like uh, 12, 12 at this point, right? Like, like for so long, yeah. people have been saying, Jar Jar is such a lame character. The Gungans are so stupid. They ruined Star Wars. George Lucas raped my childhood. Blah, blah, blah. All that obnoxious crap. Well, they're completely wrong because the Gungans are, in fact, an awesome Star Wars species. They fit right into everything else. And an episode like this shows just how cool they are mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and how interesting these characters can be. And that, you know, like whatever their physical uh, characteristics are as a species doesn't really matter because if you write a good story for them, yeah. they'll it, it it's a good story right mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's kind of like say to my friends when we're talking about comic books and they'll they'll say you know oh like uh one of the big ones right now is aquaman right mm-hmm. people go like oh aquaman's a lame character aquaman's a lame character that that character is a bad superhero that's a lame superhero and it's like there aren't any lame characters there's no lame comics there's no lame superheroes there's just lame stories mm-hmm. and some stories are bad and then other stories are just awesome if you know what you're doing, and uh, and this is an instance of the yeah, Gungans yeah. being used properly the way that they should be used. Like this is an interesting story, and and uh, you know General Tarples gets uh, gets his moment yeah. to uh, to sort of uh, yeah like huge moment, yeah. Um, yeah just awesome so great yeah. responsible for the capture. I mean they got. The leader of the droid army right here okay yeah i mean this is this is turning the war type of stuff i mean this is ending the war type of of implications here uh with grievous and that was probably the the two biggest things was wow you know i, I just saw tarples die and grievous is captured holy mackerel this is this is pretty big stuff um and i was like wow i you know like you said this is where for me it just like kicked into high gear and yeah. from here on out i mean it's just you know, balls to the wall, good stuff coming up. Um, I'll continue real quick here. In the secret base hidden inside ancient Naboo ruins, Count Dooku receives orders from Darth Sidious. The Sith Lord demands that Dooku find a way to release Grievous, for the general is integral to Sidious's master plan for the Clone Wars. Sidious tells Dooku to lure Skywalker into a trap, capture the Jedi, and exchange him for Grievous. Sidious is certain Senator Amidala will agree to these terms. Wow, have we heard that before, luring Skywalker into a trap? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, this was, some, this was some cool stuff here, too. You know, we get to see Darth Sidious back, um, and he's got plans, man. He's, and I love it, the fact that he knows Amidala is going to give up uh, Anakin. You know, he knows yeah. this. And he... You know, does he know because he knows about the relationship? Does he know just because he's so in tune to the Force that he feels there's something going on between Anakin and, and uh, Padme? Uh, I guess it's up to whatever you think and up to your interpretation. But I did like the fact that he knows, one, for one, he knows that Almadal is going to give him up. And two, that he wants Grievous back, you know? Um, what exactly, you know, like you, like you said, Mike, he has been kind of a bumbling you know, the he hasn't really been able to get the job done, let's just say. Mm-hmm. But Sidious wants him back for whatever reason. The guy doesn't have him back. I don't know if it's just for the story or if there's going to be more to it. 
that we'll get to maybe in further seasons. I don't know. But some pretty cool stuff there, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, at Dooku's command, Rishlu lures Anakin into the temple hideout. Finished with the traitorous Gungan minister, uh, Dooku kills Rishlu. He then engages in a lightsaber duel with Skywalker, overpowering the Jedi with aid from his electrostaff-wielding Magna Guard droids. Master, I have done what you asked. Skywalker is here. Young Master Skywalker, you're nothing if not relentless. What a surprise. Dooku. You're a fool, Rishlu. Why bring the war to Naboo? How quickly you forget. After all, the war started here years ago. You were a part of that first battle? The Sith control everything. You just don't know it. And this fight continues on, and what a fantastic fight this was. I'll tell you what, this is why I watch Star Wars in general. I love mm-hmm. seeing Jedi and Sith go at it, and, you know, just the stalemates and the, the different moves. And, and there's a, some points I want to bring up here. Um, first of all, you get the progression, because we've seen these guys fight before in Attack of the Clones. Now you're seeing how Anakin is starting to get better and better against Dooku, and then we'll ultimately get to three, where he just pretty much dominates Dooku. Um, I like to call back to The Empire Strikes Back, where the, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dooku's kind of floating these lanterns around. Yep. Uh, and here's another thing. Dooku tells Anakin about how the Sith, quote-unquote, control everything. This brings me back again to Attack of the Clones. He's telling Obi-Wan. He's, you know, I, that scene, I always, I always think about that scene, about he, here's Dooku giving Obi-Wan all the information he needs, and Obi-Wan just doesn't see it. He can't see it. And yeah. Anakin's the same way. He's telling him, dude, the Sith control everything. They're controlling everything that's going on right now. And, and Anakin doesn't see that, obviously. But um, I love that. And here's the last thing I want to talk about, Mike. The very end of this fight, holy mackerel. This is what I like, too, about Anakin. Um, he almost goes, like, Force Unleashed. Uh on this very end here, he's yeah. getting uh, stabbed, and he kind of kind of comes in, and he gets really. You can see him get mad, right? And then, boom! You know, he lets loose with his, you know, humongous force power, knocks these guys. And what was so cool about that is you see Dooku kind of like raise his eyebrows, going, "Oh crap!" Yeah, you know, I was, <laughs> I didn't realize he was this good already. You yeah, know? and just a little touches like that, I love that, and. Uh, and finally, you know, Dooku, of course, he's got his assassin droids there, so he easily is able to uh, dominate. But, wow. I mean, this is where it really kicked in for me. I, what, what was your feelings on, on this scene here? Yeah, I liked it. it. I thought the exact same thing as you when I first watched it. The, those those lights start spinning, and all I could think was Empire with uh, yeah, yeah. with Vader hucking things around at Luke. And I... Uh, uh, 
Dooku is just oh, he's such a great character. He's such a great bad guy. I really wish. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as much as I enjoy Darth Maul and I enjoy Grievous, it just feels to me like the prequels would have benefited so much more from having Dooku be in all three movies mm-hmm. and play a major role. I mean, obviously he's in Revenge of the Sith, but he dies in the first 15 minutes of the movie. So I don't really count him as being in that. Like, he doesn't really do anything. Right. Um Grievous is obviously the enemy that needs to be dealt with there. I mean, if if Dooku and uh, if Dooku, Qui Gon, and uh, Obi Wan battled on Naboo in the first place, and Dooku killed Qui Gon, his former Padawan, mm-hmm. that would be so much more interesting a story mm-hmm. than some random guy that looks like the devil, essentially. Uh, with a double-bladed lightsaber doing it. And then it would make the confrontation in Episode 2 between when when Obi-Wan gets captured and Dooku reveals himself as the leader of the Separatists. Mm-hmm. It would make that so much more interesting because he would he could then be, you know, because maybe at this point they don't know that Dooku was a Sith. They just know that he was a dark Jedi, mm-hmm. right? They don't know that the Sith are controlling anything in uh in episode one so then in then it truly is a phantom menace because they don't even know that it's the sith Mm -hmm. and then in episode two you would have him come back and they would have that conversation and you would get dooku going like no the the senate is corrupt it's under the control of a sith lord and obi-wan would be like it would essentially play out the same but it would but there would be so much more subtext Mm -hmm. and then you would have him reveal himself as the sith as as a sith lord and then in episode three, if you had him capturing the 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 chancellor, um, and them rescuing the chancellor, and then him getting away, much like Grievous gets away, instead of being executed very poorly, like I think that he kind of goes out like a bit of punk, and it doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. But um, having him escape, and then having having the uh, having chancellor palpatine go like okay well this is my chance to get obi-wan out of the way and to deal with dooku because anakin is finally ready to become my my apprentice Mm -hmm. so he would have dooku on utapau and then you would have obi-wan go after him and you could have obi-wan and dooku have that final confrontation and have Obi-Wan defeat Dooku and finally get some resolution to the whole yeah. to the whole Qui-Gon thing cuz cuz in my opinion what happens in episode 1 is kind of like it's it's climactic but at the same time anticlimactic cuz what you get is is it, he he essentially uses the dark side. I mean, I think that this is a debate that's been going on since episode 1, but we can all yeah see that that's there that obi-wan has a moment of weakness when he defeats darth maul where he he's not calling on the light side of the force in order to do what he does there he's using his anger and hatred in order to defeat darth maul because qui-gon's just died so like having having him uh have that unresolved and then come to fruition at the end of Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. 
would have been so much more interesting than him just having to go after a cybernetic bad guy. As cool of a character as General Grievous is. General Grievous could still exist within the universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you know, Darth Maul could still exist within the universe because we could have the characters that they are in the Clone Wars, right? Like, essentially, instead of having Savage Opress, who is the Darth Maul wannabe, that story could have just been Darth Maul, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, this is all with hindsight, but if, right, if, right. if I had the ability to sort of restructure all this, this is what I would want to do. Because Dooku is so much more interesting. Yeah. In his relationship with Obi-Wan, his relationship with Anakin, his relationship with Sidious and the Jedi Council and Yoda. And, like, he he's not just this two-dimensional character like Maul and, uh, and Grievous are. And I know everybody out there is going like, yeah, well, in this comic book, uh, there's a story that tells about, like, General Grievous and before he was a robot... And it's like, you know what? That stuff doesn't count. Like, it counts counts if you like it, sure. But the majority of people that go to the movies are not going to read this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. So don't don't go quoting some EU thing that, that, you know, Bob down the street doesn't even know exists. I mean, he doesn't even know that there are Star Wars comic books. He thinks that comic books are, you know, Garfield and Superman. So like that, but that's the truth of it, right? Like that's the majority of people. I think that we get so insular as a community that we forget that the rest of the world out there watches CSI and, you know, Law and Order. And they're not really into this stuff, but they'll go see a Star Wars movie when it's in the theaters, right? Mm -hmm. Um and I think that for the majority of them, they look at it and they go, like, there's no connections to any of the characters. There's no... It just doesn't have what episodes 4, 5, and 6 have, which is a constant bad guy in Darth Vader that right. is emotionally and actually connected to our main characters. Um, and, and presents, like, a real threat. Whereas, like, Darth Maul never presented a real threat. Uh, he was he kind of surprised them. He 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 caught them unawares a couple of times, but I mean, come on, would would Yoda have had any trouble with Darth Maul? No, no, right? Like he never yeah. really presented a real true threat. He was just a blunt instrument, right. much like uh, Savage Opress is, much like Asajj Ventress is. Right? They're just right. assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, Dooku is a is a true villain. Like he's he's cunning, he's evil, he's incredibly intelligent, he's charming to a point where you're like, yeah, you can see how people fall under his yeah, spell, and yeah. and yeah, and they go and like, I mean, we're gonna see Lux uh, come back, and we're gonna hear more about that character's story and how he can believe in the separatist cause. And follow someone like Dooku, who we know is a Sith Lord, but nobody else does, right? Like, that, it's just, he's, and this episode is a perfect example of how cunning that character is. And it's like, you know, how many other battles has Dooku been just sitting there for? Yeah. Right? How, yeah. how many other times has he been in the background contributing, but not seen? Mm-hmm. Because if... 
if things hadn't gone the way that they they went in this episode, Dooku would have been on that planet and he just would have overseen Grievous taking over Naboo, right? If it would have all gone according to plan. He never would have had to come out of his little stone face hideout, right? Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. It's it, it, that's a much more interesting character to me than than like I said, General Grievous or Darth Maul. Now, there's the argument that Grievous and Darth Maul and Dooku all represent different aspects of the perfect villain, mm-hmm. um, and that you know Darth Maul is that savage monster of an enemy, uh, and then Dooku is the cunning and the the wit that you have to deal with in a, in a real villain, and then. Uh, and then you've got Grievous, who's uh, this cybernetic creature that's that that has no soul, right? Like his his heart doesn't pump its own blood. It's it's uh, I don't know. He's just like he's alien and weird. And these are all the aspects that make up Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Like you take those things, you put them together, and what you end up with is this big, evil black silhouette shadow uh that's that's one part machine and one part robot and evil all the way through right mm-hmm. um and uh and and that's that's sort of the argument for the three characters but honestly dooku dooku's got everything that you would need in a villain in a mm-hmm. real villain and uh and would have made a much more interesting villain for the entire uh prequel trilogy prequel. yeah i like what you said about him and uh obi-wan that could have been a a neat turn, you know, and then Obi-Wan has to deal with Vader uh, in the beginning of episode four. And I think exactly what you're talking about, what they could have done with those two, they're mm. trying, they're trying to do that with, with Anakin and, and Dooku. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so when they meet, yeah, very much so. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I appreciate what they're doing with that. I think that's good. Um, it's exactly what you're talking about. You're just doing it with, with Anakin. So when they face in episode three, uh, you can look back and go, wow, you know, here's here's Anakin, and he's had to deal with Dooku many, many times. There's a, yeah. quite a good history in that battle. It takes on that a little more pressure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I'll continue. Dooku contacts Padme, demanding the exchange of Grievous for Skywalker. Despite her love for Anakin, Padme initially intends to refuse the trade, <coughs> knowing that Grievous's capture could help end the Clone Wars more quickly. But instead, she takes Jar Jar and Boss Leone's advice to save someone she cares about. And I'll have to say real quick, um, the Starlight Pig podcast, the co-host over there with me is uh, Chris. He texted me uh, after this episode. He goes, hey, bring this up because this is a question I had. He goes, he was asking, why doesn't Padme consult the Jedi Council Mm -hmm. regarding the trade between Grievous and Anakin? And I'm sure everybody was thinking the same thing. And quite simply, I just, it's, unless it's not that obvious, it's just, hey, it's, it's Anakin. This is her, his, her husband. And she knows that the Jedi Council is going to say, you know what? Grievous is more important. You know, we could win this war if, now that we have Grievous. Anakin's going to have to stay. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if you think anything else. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If she would have stopped and she would have contacted the, uh, the, the Jedi Council, they would have been like, you know what? I uh, Obi-Wan's on this mission right now, but when him and Kit Fisto are done, mm-hmm. we're going to send the two of them along with uh, Plo Koon and uh, Sai C. Tin, and the four of them are going to infiltrate 
Dooku's lair on whatever planet, and they'll rescue Anakin. It's not a big deal. Right. But it's much more important that we keep General Grievous and we end this war right now. Um, exactly, yeah. Like, like, obviously, that's what they would have done. And, uh, and, and I don't know, it almost would have been more interesting to see Padme um, make that choice and, mm-hmm. and let, <laughs> let Anakin go. Um, and go like, you know, like I have to hold out hope that, that Dooku won't kill Anakin mm-hmm. and that, uh, and that we'll be able to rescue him, but it's so much more important that we save lives, you know, mm-hmm. but, but this just goes to show that as much as Anakin is compromised by their relationship, so is she. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think it were it not for Jar Jar and boss Leone going, no, you need to you need to save Anakin. You need to protect the person that you care about. Right. Mm, right. Um, we would have, we would have seen her make a different decision there. Yeah. So I think that they kind of gave her, it was, she didn't need the nudge, but they gave her the nudge and that made the decision all that much more easy for her. So she's going like, well, you know, everybody said to get Anakin back. So, you know, um, I, I don't know. It it this episode felt kind of rushed towards the end in that last five minutes. Yeah, it's like you're right, yeah. it's like they Dooku and Anakin have that battle and then I don't yeah. know, it, it almost feels like it should have ended with with Anakin being defeated and then picked up next week with an episode mm. where they have to get Anakin get, back. Right, right. And and you see, you know, Jar Jar and and Padme and and somebody else, you know, uh, maybe maybe Captain Typho or or one of <laughs> one of yeah. the the Naboo guards or something like that, uh, helping to rescue Anakin. And then you know while they're doing that, because they do that, I don't know somehow Grievous manages to escape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could see Grievous escaping very easily. By just like his arms, like you know, you've got him chained up or whatever, and his arms and legs just pop off, and he's got little spider legs that come out, and he just kind of sort of crawls away when nobody's watching, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's that, like, like at this point, we understand Grievous is a slippery character. There's a reason why they haven't been able to hold on to him for very long, because they've cornered him before, and every time they corner him, he's always got an exit plan. Right. So I have to imagine that that, you know, like as long as he can keep that torso and face, the rest of him doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he'll he'll New just escape legs, yeah. however he can. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen we've seen that before. We've seen him r- retreat to his lair and, you know, be repaired by by his droid buddy. So I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to do that story again. Um, because they did get a lot of flack in the first season for Grievous always, mm-hmm. you know, being a tricky guy that escapes. Tricky, yeah. But I think at this point, based on episode three um, and his daring escape out the window, <laughs> you know, in upper atmosphere, uh, they, that that's just how Grievous does, you know? Like, that's his yeah, thing. Yeah. That's his shtick. That's, that's his that, yeah. Yeah, is that, he, you know, no matter how much you think you've got him cornered in a box you know he always manages to bust out mm-hmm. and he is a bit of an escape artist i think that that would be an interesting angle on the character to to explore a little bit more mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I like, but, uh, I, you know, like you said, that's, um, you know, Padme even says capturing him could win the war, and she says that, but, yeah. but ultimately she obviously, uh, with the marriage and everything, um, that's kind of like the simple answer, probably the easy answer, and probably, but, you, but you're right, though, I do think that that last third or whatever was a little rushed, and um, I was, like we thought last week, we thought it was going to be a, a two-episode or three-episode arc. Yeah. But it turned out it was just a, a one-off. So um, you want to finish it up? Yeah. Uh, okay. An hour later, the Gungan and Separatist armies meet on the plains of Naboo. A shackled General Grievous is exchanged for an unconscious Anakin Skywalker. With that, the Separatists depart from the planet. Boss Leone and Queen Neutni are grateful to Jar Jar for once again uniting the Naboo people. Padme, I'm sorry. Shh. It's all right, Annie. Binks, you should been bombard leader in my place. This is the second time you should stop in war between us and the Naboo. And we are grateful, Senator Binks. Me said to win my best. And once again, Jar Jar saves the day and got a nice little bow tie on the end of that one. And you know what's yeah. funny too is I like the uh, uh, this is a clever way that they have Grievous and Anakin pass each other, but they never see each other. Or yeah, at least it, Anakin doesn't. You know? Yeah, I think uh, Aaron Ultimus commented on the Facebook page. And said that he said, I thought it was funny that Anakin just missed seeing Grievous when he was unconscious. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I, you know what? I didn't even think about it when I was watching the episode until, until Aaron pointed it out. And then I was like, yeah, that is kind of clever that these characters that he's like, at last we meet. And it's like, well, you guys have been really close to one another (laughs) several times. Yeah. Just never quite managed to, to meet one. Yeah. You know, I was a little surprised too, that, the you know Dooku and Sidious and the Separatists, they actually went with this trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that per, you know it was going to be some kind of a trick, or they were going to hold him because it's hard to see the bad guy ever give up such a powerful bargaining chip, um, and especially for Grievous. Uh, that's why I mentioned earlier, man, something's got to be going on with Grievous because, like I said, the Sith they're willing to trade Anakin Skywalker, who is you know, legitimately one of the already the greatest Jedi out there, and they're willing to trade him for a Grievous. Uh, I thought that was a little odd, but um, again, I don't know if there's something more coming around in the next few seasons that we're going to see. I, I think they I just know. wrote themselves into a hole. Yeah, just, <laughs> we got to get out of this quick. Yeah, yeah, they wrote this story and they wrote it into that, and they're like, and I think that's why the last five minutes is so fast. Yeah, yeah. It beca- and like it's like half a half of the story takes place in there. And you're like, well, that doesn't quite make sense because they wrote themselves into this hole and rather than go back and sort of fix the story and, you know, not have Grievous get captured, which seems like the much easier solution, they decided to go with, uh, no, 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 we're just going to have, you know, this happen. (laughs) Yeah. But all around, though, fantastic episode. I, I loved it. Um, of course, like I said, the last half or last third was just kick butt. Lots of great stuff. Some of my favorite stuff in in Star Wars is going on. You know, we got 
Tarple's sacrificing and uh, you know we got uh, Grievous we got Anakin and Dooku sparring I mean just some some great just Star Wars action man loved it loved it mm-hmm. um, with that though it's time to head to the mailbag you ready let's do it Wait a minute, play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. You... I seem to have found it. All right, and we got an email, another uh, audio email uh, to play again this week. And it is from Jason Boyd Hunt. Uh, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of listeners know Jason. He does our intro. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been on the show before. He's a big contributor to... Uh, the old forums and the new Facebook. So he wanted to send in his comments on this last episode. So let's take a quick look at the, or a quick listen to this about five minutes long. Here we go. Greetings, Mike, Matt, and all the Frontlines listeners out there. Uh, this is Jason Boyd Hunt uh, just calling in to give you my thoughts on this past uh, episode of the Clone Wars, Shadow Warrior, and also some general thoughts of the season uh, so far, uh, first of all, uh, the title of the episode "Shadow Warrior." I don't quite get who or what was the Shadow Warrior. If it was Minister Rish Lu, that's kind of weird since he wasn't a warrior. But maybe you guys can enlighten me. Um, but other than the title of the episode, I really enjoyed the uh, the episode. I think it's the best episode of the season thus far, which is kind of interesting uh, when you consider that it revolves around. Jar Jar and the Gungans um, but I've always been a fan of the Gungans in general uh, they're a really interesting uh, species and I've always personally been a fan of Jar Jar he's been one of my favorite characters since uh, the Phantom Menace and I thought this episode seeing him taking on more of a, a leadership kind of role was was kind of interesting and uh, kind of fun to see um, and the scene between Jar Jar and General Grievous um, on the ship when they first meet was just was great. I loved it, um, especially the part with uh, Jar Jar having to uh, adjust the seat and making sure he's you know talking in the deep voice, you know, you know to, to General Grievous. Uh, but the whole uh, sequence between Jar Jar and Grievous was just uh, hysterical. Uh, and then the Gungans are some pretty intense warriors. Uh, Captain, or excuse me, General Tarples being, I don't normally like to use this term, but being pretty badass as far as a warrior is concerned. Um, and the the duel with him was, was really good, with him and Grievous was really good, and he went out like a, like a hero. Uh, it was very sad and disappointing uh, when Grievous killed him, and Matt, I, or Mike, I did see your Facebook post, and yes, that I almost shed a tear at that point as well. But uh, he went out like a real hero, and it's kind of funny to me that the, that the Gungans did something that even the Jedi haven't been able to do, and that's capture General Grievous. But I guess when you are throwing, you know, boomers, you know, plasma-filled boomers that short out electrical circuits, it sort of makes sense. Uh, but there was a lot that happened in this episode, you know, with the whole Gungan side of the story, and then Anakin chasing down uh, Dooku, and the duel between Anakin and Dooku was extremely well done, very well choreographed, um, and I love the fact where you can see 
uh, Dooku just sort of toying and playing with Anakin and, you know, giving off this great facade of he's in charge. And then at the very end, when Anakin is no longer uh, trouble, he, you know, takes a, a breath like, oh, that was more work than I, I thought. That little character moments like that are just um, great. Uh, but then, of course, personally, I wouldn't have uh, done the prisoner exchange, uh, but it made sense for the story. And of course, I'm not Padme, who's married to secretly married to Anakin Skywalker. If I was, that would be really disturbing and kind of weird. Sorry, um, but I did want to give you one little thought on the season as a whole, uh, real quick. Um, they sort of really amped up the the violence level in the Clone Wars thus far. Uh, you know, the this episode. They had four people get stabbed. You know, Rish, Rish Lu stabbed uh, Boss Leone. Count Dooku killed Boss Leone by stabbing him. Uh, Grievous stabbed Tarples, and Tarples stabbed Grievous. And I might be missing one more in there, but I'm not sure. Um, and then, of course, the past couple of episodes with Rick Tamsin just, you know, chewing and tearing apart uh, clones and... Mon Calamari, and then the exploding knives he used, and then getting hit with his own exploding knife, knife and his severed heads floating down uh, next to Prince Lee Char, that the violence has really been amped up a bit, which is a little shocking. I think it's been appropriate so far, but I'm really hesitant about it. I'm hoping they don't take it overboard, because they it looks like they could almost um, overuse it, and which would get really bad and really old. Uh, it would definitely make parents more wary about their children watching it. Um, I think it's been used effectively so far, but they need to be careful and not overuse it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought on the, uh, the episode last week and a general thought of the season overall. Uh, looking forward to next week with uh, R2 and C-3PO and uh, getting to see the droids back in action. I'll always love... Uh, our old faithful friends, the droids. Um, but uh, love the podcast. Keep up the good work, guys, and may the Force be with you. Well, thank you, Jason. We appreciate that. We appreciate you sending in that audio email. Good stuff. You know, it sounded like uh, kind of just mirrored what we were talking about, Mike. Uh, mm -hmm. He's talking about, you know, the Shadow Warrior. Who is that? Who's the Shadow Warrior? I don't know. Um, have you figured it out yet? No. Okay. No, me neither. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Jar Jar. Okay. No, Jar -Jar, no, yeah. this in particular. Yeah. I'm just going to call Jar Jar the Shadow Warrior. He's a Shadow Warrior. Uh, he's also talking about the chair scene. We talked about that, how funny that was. Uh, Tarpoles, uh, how he went out like a hero. Good stuff. Um, and, and like I said, here's Grievous, who gets captured by the Gungans. And even the Jedi couldn't do that. And, and Jason's talking about that. Yeah. Um, uh, he talked about the duel, which was great. I love the duel. And at the very end, he talked about uh, the violence ramping up. And uh, we had mentioned that earlier as well, how the violence in this thing is uh, uh, ramping up a little bit and lots of impalements this episode. But um, it sounds like he, he really enjoyed the episode like we did. So, Jason, good stuff. Thanks for the email, the audio email. Keep it up. Uh, Mike, we ready for the Facebook post of the week? Yes. Now, here's I picked this out because... Uh, the Blu-rays are, you know, everybody's watching the Blu-rays right now. And J JC, uh, JCLC at Fan Days, uh, now he says, now that we have had a chance to watch the Blu-rays, what do you think of the changes? Notice any little changes that weren't as obvious as no. No. 
Let's hear your thoughts on the special features as well. And there's a post going in there, and there's some uh, folks talking about that. I just want to real quick talk about just one special feature, and that is on the uh, – I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on another podcast. The bonus disc number two, um, there's a section – and this is the original trilogy disc. There's a section where George Lucas talks about the Force, and it's fairly new. I mean, this, he's in a group of Clone Wars writers. Katie Lucas is in there, Dave Filoni. You can see Dave Filoni actually this is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, he's sketching in his sketchbook. <laughs> and like it it's yeah. like you can t- see that he's drawing and Dave, for those who don't know, those who haven't taken a look or picked up the Clone Wars art book, Dave actually does a lot of the concept art yeah. for the show. He's an amazing artist. Like mm-hmm. that's coming from somebody who also draws. It's like I look at his stuff and I'm just like, wow. Oh yeah. For yeah. for like he's so multi-talented. He he directs this stuff, but he comes from an animation background. Mm-hmm. So he has to be able to to do that, right? He has to be able to draw as well. But you see him sketching in the middle of this meeting. Everybody else is taking notes and listening to George give this <laughs> this speech about the nature of the force from yeah. and he's reading from original notes. Yeah, yeah. From mm-hmm. uh from his from the first script. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, it is, it's probably like one of the standout moments in the entire special features Yo, you that you just, Good. you yeah. get this, yeah. this background look behind the scenes, look at how, how, not only how they break stories, uh, in, in the Clone Wars writing room, but mm-hmm. also, you know, George sort of holding court, doing his thing, yeah. you know, the maker yeah. and then, like I said, speaking. It was... Yeah, and it was recent stuff. I mean, this is, you know, yeah. I know it was a year or so ago. And uh, I just was um, kind of taken aback by how well he knows. I mean, to all the people that think he's lost it or lost his touch on Star Wars, yeah, watch that and then come back to me because he breaks it down really well. And I was watching, and I go, wow. I mean, after all these years, he's still right on it. You know, like you said, he was reading somewhere some notes, but still <laughs> – yeah. It was it was a good what twenty I don't know maybe ten fifteen twenty minutes I can't remember, but it was quite a good little little thing on the force and if you haven't seen it you gotta check it out I mean like I said if if you think he's lost it watch that and I think I think that'll change your mind totally so uh, good post there JC um, and with that I think it's time for the uh, next episode Mike you wanna wanna read this over. Yeah, the upcoming episode, Mercy Mission. Uh, after groundquakes have devastated the planet Aileen, a Republic relief effort arrives, including the droids R2-D2 and C-3PO. When the native Alinas please go unheard, it becomes the duty of the droids to embark on a surreal journey through Aileen's subterranean world to save the planet. I am C-3PO. R2 and I were finally headed home to safety. Then our ship came under a terrifying attack and we were forced to... I suppose it might be simpler just to show you. Has anyone seen the translator drone? You're under arrest. I have a bad feeling about this. See if they can get out of this one. Star Wars The Clone Wars. New episode next Friday at 8, 7 central. They'll never get back to the ship. Only on Cartoon Network. And we're coming back to some uh, clones and, and droids, Mike. Uh, and to a new... I don't recognize this planet. Is this a new planet for the Clone Wars? Or for Star Wars? Aline? I, I, I think it. so. Uh, okay. I, I don't recognize it from anything else. 
okay. I don't know. Maybe Wikipedia can answer that question really quick. But yeah, uh, it's I. Uh, um, oh, what's the what's the pod racers name? Oh, the I think you're thinking of Rats to Rail or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, that it's uh, his species. Yeah, it looks like it, huh? It's yeah. their planet, and uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know. Let's see. Uh, I guess it's uh, in the Holonet News, Volume Five Thirty One, mentioned only. CIS Shadowfeed Dispatch. Uh, I guess that's the that's from the Holonet News, and now it's in Clone Wars. So. Um, it's only appeared like this is the first time we've actually seen it. Right. right. Um, hmm. Planet Aline. We got, like I said, clones. We got, we got C three PO. We got R two D two. And it's is this going to be another uh, three episode arc? I was looking uh, at the next few episodes, and it sounds like it might. So I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Is it going to be? Uh, I think this is going to be a one one off. You think this is a one off? I don't know. I yeah, I don't I don't think that this is going to be. Yeah, I don't know that you can handle the the, the droids and and uh all that for three episodes. I I couldn't imagine that, but Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No, cuz the one well, oh, maybe it's a two-parter cuz the next one is called Nomad Droids. Okay. So uh, yeah, maybe it's a two-parter. And then but then we've got Darkness on Umbara, oh, which is a different did. planet and then the General uh, on November fourth, so we're we're full. There's episodes all the way up to to November fourth right now, okay. um, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Okay, cool. So that's uh that's coming up uh, this this coming Friday. So uh, we'll see what happens with the droids and the clones. That's gonna do it for us this week, Mike. Let's that go. is it. Yeah. Good stuff. I, Good stuff. Thanks everybody for listening as always, uh, and you can find us online at www.clonewarspodcast.com you can uh, follow us on twitter and you know communicate back and forth with us that way uh twitter.com slash clone wars and uh the best way to stay in contact with us is over on the facebook group facebook.com slash clone wars podcast and then uh that's the page and you can check out the group and get in on the conversations and uh and uh, that's that. You might you might get your uh, post read uh, on the yes. air, and uh, you can email us uh, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast dot com, and Matt at CloneWarsPodcast dot com. Uh, and uh, other than that, we will see you guys next week for Mercy Mission. Yeah, I'll see you next week, and I'll see you at Fan Days. Yes, yes. See you later. See ya. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.